Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. You are about to go in to see Taylor, a 15-year-old male, for his sports physical. His mom grabs you before you enter the room and says that the school counselor called recently. She told you that Taylor is in danger of failing math, which is surprising because he's normally a very good student and always seemed very engaged in math. The counselor mentioned that he seems disengaged in school and they're concerned. As you walk into the room, you find Taylor sitting on the exam table looking at his phone and texting. He doesn't seem sad or angry, but he definitely is distracted. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and joining me today is Susan Feeney, assistant professor in the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing, program coordinator in the Family Nurse Practitioner Track. Susan, I can think of five Taylors I've seen this week. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so what's going on with Taylor and his phone? Oh boy. Um, well, he is, like most teens, um, using his phone uh, constantly. There's, um, which, there was a recent study by Ra et, et al. that looked at 10 high schools in the LA County area. And they looked at children, it was a longitudinal study, they looked at kids from sophomore year to senior year and looked at digital media use. And they looked at the frequency of use and they found that kids were using this media constantly. You know, that it's in their hands, they're checking uh, sometimes up to 12 different types of platforms, but most of it's social media. Wow. Yeah. So, and the concern is it might have some impact on neurocognition. So, you know, there's a, there's a concern here that Taylor's behavior and or his problems in math may very well be associated with his use of his phone and the social digital media. So is it just um, uh, anxiety producing or, or what conditions are, seem to be correlating with high screen time? Well this this particular study which was very interesting actually correlated it with an emergence of new onset ADHD symptoms in mm. these kids that were high frequency users. Mm -hmm. So what the study found was that, um, well, first of all, there was a, a, a study that found that in this, just recently in 2018, that 95% of teens report having access to a smartphone, which is a 22% increase from four years ago. And 45% report being on it constantly. Okay, and that's probably underreported. I would think that's under but, underestimated. Yes, yes, because all you have to do is go to a restaurant or go somewhere, and 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 might I also add that the parents are on the phone. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but the study by Ross showed that um, they looked at essentially twenty five hundred students who they basically controlled for ADHD symptoms beforehand, any sort of mental health issues, and also delinquency, um, and they started looking at them from sophomore year and they, they assessed them every six months for two years. 
and they had them use a, um, a report. They reported how often they were using uh, digital media, and they had various different types of media that they were looking at, and they looked at whether they used it all the time, if they used it um, sometimes or fr or very often. And if they did very often, that was considered high frequency. So there were quite a few, a very high rate of those students were using it frequently. And they found that there was a greater risk of emergence of, of ADHD symptoms in the students that used the media frequently. And that persisted over the two years. Uh, what, they, what was really stunning is that 97% of the kids that reported they were high frequency even if they didn't have symptoms persist over each of those six months intervals, at least once they came up positive with ADHD symptoms. Um, which that's a pretty strong it, connection. It's, so it's very, very, very strong. Um, why, why do you think people are so enamored with their phones? Well, you know, when I was reading this information and everything I read about digital media, it's very, it's, it's engineered to sort of cause habituation, just like smoking was and, you know, ads and things like that that they are designed to reward the user um, with likes and that kind of thing. So there's this, there's a, um, and it very much fits within the teen brain mm -hmm. um, and the social concepts that go on in that. Um, they, previously when they looked at uh, TV and gaming, which was what we looked at 10 years ago, um, they saw that there was an increase in hyperactivity and impulsivity but they found it, it wasn't as volatile and it wasn't as strong an association because it was more sporadic use. Because this is constant, you know, kids have it in their hands constantly, they sleep with it, that there is a, um, it's built-in distraction and built-in disengagement. And that um, they also said it, 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 these are built to engage them for longer periods of time, to reward repeated use, and that may also, because it's frequent attentional shifts, that it almost is training them or to not pay attention, mm -hmm. to switch and that multitasking back and forth, and that this need for immediate feedback, and that affects impulse control. And then they, they said it's also difficult to stay on less desirable tasks because they want now this feeds them to constantly be in doing things that are kind of like the mouse with the pellet, sure. right? And then the, the one thing that they said, which was interesting, is they, it's teaching them the inability to tolerate boredom or engage in mindfulness. Mm -hmm. uh, this just sent up all kinds of red flags. Absolutely. Well, Taylor's in your office now. He's there for a sports physical. What are we going to tell him? What are we going to ask him about? And, and what kind of follow-up should he get? Well, um, first of all, I'm going to thank Mom for bringing this to our attention. But I think what we should do is, is say, Taylor, you know, um, I see you're on your phone and tell me about school um, and say explain explain to him that maybe his in his difficulty with math might have something to do with his use of the phone and try to figure out tell me how you use it what's your favorite platform and ask him what he thinks one thing that he could do that might decrease his use um, and see if you can get that. And if he says to you, I don't know, you know, looks at his phone. <laughs> like every good um, yes, teenage boy, yeah. yes. Then you can say, hey, you know, is Facebook on your front screen? Can we either take it off your phone or move it to a subsequent, so that when you open your phone, it's not screaming at you? Mm -hmm. um, can we ask you to 
Uh, and you know, if he says yes on that, okay, then we might go forward. Or if he says, no, I really need that there, then you can say, well, can you uh, give yourself some respite time? Like, you know, put it down during math class. Um, put it in your backpack. Um, you know, various things like that that might, you know, be able to engage him. And then try to see him frequently if you can, to, if you can monitor his use. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it's certainly, he fits the profile. Sure, he fits the profile. And he's got to take ownership of what change he wants to make. So I, right. I totally agree with you. It is it is startling how frequently we've all learned to use our phone very, very quickly and um, engage with it multiple times a day. And for an adolescent brain, it just must be like heroin. It, well, and, and actually, I've, I did read a study that said it, has, it hits all the same buttons as opioids. And... Um, this constant, I mean, I, I actually took Facebook off of my phone because here I am, a baby boomer, thinking, well, so-and-so didn't like that. Yeah. Like, we don't, well, okay, it's time to, <laughs> but, you know, I do, you know, but a teenager is going to have a little more difficulty being able to self-regulate that way. Um, the other thing, too, which they brought out is this is really a public health issue and that we really need to think about as providers getting into you know, looking at what is the school doing about this? Because obviously they're, you know, that some of them do have policies, but you can't, you just can't police every kid. Um, so we need to have a conversation too um, as providers and in our community on how we're going to sort of deal with these issues. Well, Susan, I think uh, Taylor sounds like many adolescents in my practice, and this is an important association, and I think it, it, there is a certain degree of burden on us to possibly get much more aggressive about helping adolescents and even ourselves change our behavior so that we feel and do better. Thanks so much. You're welcome. So practice pointer. Be sure to screen for frequency of digital media use, especially in teens. Understand what platforms you're using and consider the fact that it can be associated with ADH symptoms. Battling burnout practice pointer. While seeing patients, focus on your EHR. Turn off other media, including your email and any other search engines you may have running, and just focus on one thing at a time. Designate times to check your email, not during patient care sessions. Join us next time when we discuss the questionable role of shoulder surgery in new onset rotator cuff impingement syndrome. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME-accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. Thank you again for listening.